Hi again, Dan Blakely from the Barry 360 Newsroom with another edition of What Barry's Talking About. The end of summer front and center, the weather starting to turn. We'll take a look back at the last couple of months and find out how much more summer-like weather is left. Another sign the summer is done, the Rock 95 Top 500 Countdown. Appointment listening for many for the long weekend, bringing back a lot of memories. We get a look behind the scenes at how it's put together. It really is a labor of love. And grab your parrot and peg leg, there's a pirate party this weekend. But first, Lucy's Place on Essa Road has taken affordable housing to another level, literally, offering housing in stacked shipping containers. Barry 360's Ian McLennan gets the details from Jennifer Van Gennep of Redwood Park Communities. So there's a new six-unit affordable housing project that is underway at Lucy's Place, um, which of course is a converted motel that uh, houses those who were chronically homeless. And I'm just wondering, what's the difference between what is now at Lucy's Place and what is under construction? Sure. Lucy's Place, of course, was a motel conversion. For this addition, um, we had to, you know, start with something new. So um, we, we used six shipping containers. They were able to be done mostly in the factory and then just craned in on the spot. So they're attached to the motel, the old motel. They're attached to Lucy's Place uh, on a cement pad. And then they're two side-by-side stacked three high. And they make six apartments. How big are these units and what sort of amenities are available to those who will live in them? They're about 320 square feet each. So they're pretty compact. But there is a bathroom and a kitchenette and a living and sleeping space. And then they have decks actually as well outside. And then laundry and a community kitchen and a community living space are all available to them in the main building at Lucy's Place. Now, modular housing isn't something new, but where did the idea come from uh, here locally to, you know, to launch such a project? Yeah, I think a lot of the local interest is from Northern Shield Development Corporation. They're a local company and they're actually in the same building as us, as Redwood, um, and, and they have been championing this and they've been doing these kinds of projects and sending them other places for quite a few years. But uh, this, I think, is the first one, at least it's the first one we've worked with them for here in Barrie. Is this the first one in Barrie too that you're aware of? Uh, that I'm aware of. Yeah. I wouldn't want to. <laughs> no, okay, fair, fair enough. Now, um, uh, is it managed by um, uh, Lucy's Place or David Busby? Who, who oversees this? Sure. So Lucy's Place is a partnership between Redwood Park Communities and the David Busby Center. So we do the facilities and maintenance and all those kinds of things and also provide some side-by-side supports to the residents. And Busby Center provides 24-7 case management and supports on site as well. And are these um, new homes for individuals or couples or who, 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 who gets access to them? That's a really good question. We're getting that a lot. So it is for individuals or couples who are experiencing chronic homelessness here in Simcoe County. So we don't actually pick who lives there. Um, housing offers are made through the coordinated access system. Simcoe County has a pretty new coordinated access system that all the agencies that are uh, helping people who are experiencing homelessness feeds into. So we get their consent and then we get some information about them and then they're put onto a by name list, which is prioritized. 
and um, the the housing offers go out to the people at the top of that prioritized list. And right now, what I'm told is there are 421 people who are on that list who are experiencing chronic homelessness. And is there a timeline to get um, the people moved into the containers, obviously, as soon as possible? Yes, as soon as possible, but definitely by October. So long-term, um, are you exploring with Northern Shield, possibly? You know, you need land, and uh, um, this was obviously on Lucy's Place property, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Are you exploring other opportunities, or do you see opportunities out there for more modular homes like this? Yeah, I think that modular homes... They especially became popular around here during the rapid housing initiative funding that went out um, across the country to help rapidly um, get people housed through COVID. Um, So there are quite a few kind of going up around the country. There are a lot of benefits to, to working modular. We're always looking at (laughs) <laughs> you know, at whatever opportunities are available to create safe, affordable, hopeful housing in Barrie and in Simcoe County and beyond. So so I'm sure that Steve and Tim are having lots of conversations. Yeah. And I guess one key question, too, is how do they afford to live in these units? Um, who pays or what is the cost to live in them? Um, we've been getting a lot of questions about how much it costs to live there because people are kind of... Um, skeptical and maybe a little cynical about the term affordable housing now. And so when when we say it's affordable housing, sometimes people will say, yeah, affordable for who? And that's a really fair question. So um, the units are highly subsidized. They're deeply subsidized um, because they are for people coming out of chronic homelessness. And everyone there gets a lot of supports as well. So they are deeply affordable. Um, they're able to pay it out of the out of the um, <clears throat> excuse me, the shelter portion of their Ontario Works or their ODSP, and if that's what they're on, and so it's really made to be affordable for people who are coming out of chronic homelessness. Redwood Park Communities, Jennifer Van Gennep in conversation with Barry 360's Ian McLennan. Right then, you're not going to the cottage. You have back to school shopping done. You're looking for something to do this holiday weekend. Barry 360's MJ is thinking pirates, a pirate party in Aurelia. You guys got a uh, fun weekend ahead of you um, in Aurelia. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, what the pirate party is? Well, we started it in 2018. Of course, we have a lot of fun at the Port of Aurelia. Uh, We had Christmas in June, and we wanted to have an event in September, and they happened to have a, a pirate festival going on in Penetanguishing, we went up there, and lo and behold, those pirates actually live in Aurelia. Now, they're reenactors, of course, they do 1812 reenactment, but uh, pirates, who doesn't love pirates? It was a lot of fun, and uh, 2018 to 2019, we had super events, of course, we know what happened with the pandemic, and we're back at it. We've got more pirates this year, more fun, we've got to walk the plank that... uh, is basically the center of our entire event where we bring people running for municipal office or MP and MPPs will be there and we walk them off a plank. Oh, that's really cool. So do they get nominated or do you sort of just say, you know what, you're, you're going you're gonna to walk the plank right now? 
I wish it was that easy and we could just nominate people. But no, uh, lots of people are uh, raising money for the Rotary Aqua Theatre, so they bring a form uh, and willingly go in off of the pier. And we have a plank all set up. We have pirate ships that will come sail through fire cannons. And then the walk the plank happens Saturday at 2 p.m. at the Port of Borrelia. That sounds great. So now this is a three-day event, correct? Friday night, the pirates all arrive. Saturday and Sunday are the days with uh, full events with, with the boats sailing around. And then uh, Monday, uh, the, the long weekend, you have to stop saying R. Oh, that's too bad. Well, it takes a while to stop saying R. <laughs> I guess it's fun to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So you've got a, a number of events obviously happening. Can you tell me a little bit about what this um, treasure map is is going on? Yeah, well, you can pick them up at the library or at the Port of Aurelia office. We've got a treasure hunt that uh, heads downtown. You get a stamp, you see a picture of the pirate, you collect all of the pirates on the stamp, and you could win um, a tickets to Casino Rama. We have uh, a few other prizes from the Island uh, Pad Company, and it's going to be a great treasure hunt, something for the whole family to do. Of course, it doesn't take a lot to become a pirate. All you need is a bandana and an eye patch, and you become a pirate. So it's just a little one last blast of summer that we have. We're sold out at the Port of Aurelia. We've got a waiting list for boaters, but this event is open to landlubbers, too. We've got bands. Friday night, we've got the Connor Brothers. Saturday night, we've got the Ronnie Douglas Band. And we finish off Sunday night with the Orangemen. Okay, so there's not a huge commitment. Like, people can just sort of, like, pop by any time and, and just kind of check out what's happening, right? Yeah, exactly. Come by, enjoy some of the pirate shows. We've got a blacksmith. We've got a, a pirate village. We've got all the boats. It's a, a every day at uh, 1 p.m. There's a little bit of a show down at the waterfront, and it's just uh, some vendors as well, but it's just a, a great time to come and explore Aurelia and enjoy uh, everything that we have to offer at our beautiful waterfront. And then when it comes to talking like a pirate, do you have any pointers? You know what? It's pretty easy. All you do is just change your voice a little bit and you're a pirate. All right. That sounds awesome. Um, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your time. That was Alan LaFontaine from the Aurelia District Chamber of Commerce. Still to come on what Barry's talking about, putting together the Rock 95 Top 500 Countdown. How does he do it? Craig Ross from The Morning Crew gives us some insight. And how much summer do we have left? Now this. Time now for the Cool FM Summer Events Report. Here's Rob. Hey, what's going on? Lots to look forward to on this last long weekend of summer. We'll begin with Play the Parks Music Series. Evangeline Gentle with Sophie Gentle. Play the Parks, presented by TD Music Connected Series, provides free musical shows across Canada, supported by the City of Barrie. This series brings live music to local parks, featuring hometown emerging artists. Originally from Scotland, Evangeline now calls Barrie home. Her acapella EP, You and I, is out now on all streaming platforms, and you can watch the performances happening this Sunday afternoon at Heritage Park from 2 to 4. Discovery Harbor Ghost Tours. I sure hope you have enjoyed these this summer. It is your last opportunity to experience the Discovery Harbor Ghost Tours. That's tomorrow night in Penetanguishene. And a local musician is bringing live music to Innisfil Beach Park. That happens today. You can head on over to the park to see Sean Durow, a thing for the swing, perform. Now, tomorrow from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., you have the Innisfil Fashion Market to look forward to. A collaborative community of creative small businesses, designers, artists, food 
foodies, musicians, culture seekers, and lovers of good vibes. So we're talking 50-plus stylish vendors and individuals selling their unwanted wardrobes paired with music and sunshine. Telling you, this is a day you are not going to want to miss. Happening tonight, 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. over in Aurelia, it is all about Norm Foster's newest hit, Come Down from Upriver. When a logger from northern New Brunswick arrives unannounced at his niece's city home, family and forgiveness are front and center in this warm and funny tale by Canada's leading playwright. Now, I sure hope you're ready for hockey because hockey is returning to the region. Tomorrow night, your Barry Colts back in action at the Sadlin Arena for exhibition play against the visiting Oshawa Generals. That's a look at your summer events report. For more, you can always head on over to 1075coolfm.com. I'm Dan Blakely, and this is What Barry's Talking About. It's a must-listen for many as they count down the final hours of summer vacation. The Rock 95 Top 500 Countdown, a Labor Day weekend staple. Morning crew host Craig Ross in charge of putting it together. This really is a labor of love for you, isn't it? It is. I, I enjoy it. I, uh, you know, you get to see what's popular, what people are, are digging, and, uh, and you put it together in this nice little list. And people love lists. They just, you know, you can put anything in a list and they're like, what's number one? <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. And it's not uh, an easy task either. It's a, it's a gargantuan task because you're not just taking last year's list and moving a few things around. No, no, it's a, it's a fresh list each and every year. And there's a committee here that kind of gets together and sorts through the hundreds, possibly even, you know, a thousand or more votes of uh, three songs each and ranking them, you know. This this one gets so many points, this one gets so many points, and then we kind of jostle it around to make sure it fits, and and we get excited about it just as much as the listeners get excited about it because we like uh, talking about the tunes and and uh, shedding some light on some some facts and some stories about these artists and, and playing them. So it's a great weekend of music. That's the great thing because it's not just a grocery list of 500 songs. No. There's there's input from the announcers. They're talking about the song. They're talking about the, the group or the singer. They're giving some background information. There's something to learn through this entire weekend. 100%. And one of the my favorite things about the, the whole broadcast, too, is the feedback you get from listeners that have their own little games going on. People People will get together in a cottage with friends and they'll put their own top 10 list together and maybe they throw a few bucks down or maybe there's just a few beers or whatever. And then they kind of, you know, go through that and see who's got the most correct. And you hear that all the time. And I also love the fact that we got people listening from all over the world. It's not just central Ontario. We get we got an email this morning from Spain. Really? Yeah, someone wow. from Spain who used to be in Barrie and who's stuck with the Rock 95 countdown ever since. So uh, people love it, and they'll get it online or wherever they can, wherever they can get it. Right? Well, as you say, it's it's the list thing. Plus, it's it's uh, it's a trip down memory lane because some of those songs that uh, come up on the 500, you don't play on a regular basis. Not necessarily. No, they just they just pop up. You we, you know you'll hear them uh, once or, or twice uh, in a, in a given month on Rock 95. But there they are on the list, and they place prominently at uh, at number 480. Two or whatever, (laughs) and people love to say even even you know they'll put their three songs in, and the 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 most frequent comment we get, I can't wait to see where these songs position themselves, and uh, maybe it's the top hundred, but they feel like their vote counts, and it does count. I know you you publish a list eventually, right? Goes on the website, and usually goes uh, unless things go awry, it goes right after we play the number one song. You'll get it at rock95.com. But I bet there are people at home all weekend who are writing down every song as it comes up. There is a listener out there 
that has kept lists for years <laughs> and writes in and will will constantly comment. On, I think it may maybe on Twitter or Facebook, but they will constantly comment on how this song has progressed or fallen on the countdown. So they'll say, well, last year was at number 300, but this year it's at 250. And so there's people that, that put a little bit of uh, stock into this and they, they put the work in, maybe even more than I do. <laughs> and I bet, I bet there are a lot of people who are, are having a lot of fun when you finally get to the top 10 because now what's number one? Is that, and they, they think they know what number one is and it comes in at number nine. It's okay, now uh, what's it going to be now? And yeah, yeah. This kind of thing As happens. soon as they hear it, they're like, oh, well, it's a different number one this year. Didn't hear it? Because a lot of people will think that the number one is stereotypically Stairway to Heaven. That's just the go-to song. It's there, more often than not, it's not Stairway to Heaven. You know, it's been a, it's been Black Dog by Led Zeppelin before, so it's been other Led Zeppelin songs. Uh, has it been number one? It has been number one, but it, it varies. You know, and it, sometimes it depends on the year. You know, I remember when the Rolling Stones came to Barry or to to, to Burles Creek. The, the number one song was a Rolling Stones song. It was top of mind and in everybody's head. The year Gord Downey died, it ended up being a tragically hip song. So there, there's reasons for these number one songs. All right. So now we have to start looking back at trends over the last couple of months. <laughs> it wouldn't be bad. Because I, I don't think you're going to tip your hand even as to what era, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. No, that would that would cost you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm already indebted to you, yeah, so but we, we won't go there. But around Monday at uh, 6, between 6 and 7 o'clock when you're driving home from the cottage, have us on. You'll probably get the number one around that hour. And it starts when? Starts on uh, Friday at noon, Tim Weston kicks it off and we go right through until 10 each one of the days of the top 500 so uh yeah full day of music for you and as much as this is a countdown to the end of summer that uh, we have every year it's also the launch of another special season birthday bash season yeah so of course we have our party that we uh we give away thousands and thousands of dollars in prizes each and every year for our birthday bash we bring in two of the biggest bands two two or three of the biggest bands going and uh we celebrate our birthday with you and it's an exclusive party that you can only win to get in but we kick it off on the birthday bash weekend so uh we'll give away some tickets all weekend long some birthday bash passes so be listening for that thanks for all the hard work you do on this because it's a it's a joy to listen to and like i say a trip down memory lane for a Mm -hmm. lot of us uh older people in particular (laughs) we'll enjoy it craig ross is program director and head of the morning crew with craig cat and brian on rock 95 how's your summer been if you love the beach, if you love to be outdoors, it's been damn fine. David Phillips joins us from Environment Canada. How fine has it been, David? I'd give it a 9 out of a 10. I, I think there were so many things about this summer that were absolutely ideal. If you could bottle it and, and sell it every year, I think you'd have, have a lot of people uh, buying it. It was consistent. Uh, there was no sort of one period that, well, you took your holidays and you, and you lucked out because it was rainy and cold and windy and stormy and what have you. No, no, no. Every month from May, June, July, and August has either been normal temperatures or above normal. Now, we ended up with so far about, uh, I think it's been 13, uh, no, 11 days where the temperature got above 30. There normally would be six of those. And certainly two years ago, we had 24 of those suckers. So the people were complaining about the heat too long, too much of it two years ago. Well, this year, it's just almost ideal. Every month, May, June, July, and August had days above 30. So it was absolutely, from a temperature point of view, pretty ideal. 
And what about precipitation, David? So we had overall about 10 to 15% more precipitation than normal. What was so magical and so just wonderful about this summer, it's almost as if it didn't rain on the weekends. You know, we had so many days, Saturdays, Sundays, and holiday Mondays. Well, I counted them. There's 33 of those from the long weekend in May. Well, I think we had, you know, um, a rain on about seven of those days. Now, we had rain maybe a couple of days where it was just like one millimeter, but that was at night, so it wasn't a washout. So there were only really um, about seven of those 33 Saturday, Sundays, and holiday Mondays or Fridays where it was just maybe it was a little bit more inconvenient because it did rain. And uh, there were so many weekends where it was both dry and sunny and warm Saturday and Sunday. So, I mean, I I think that that doesn't always happen in a warmer than normal summer. So it was almost as if what I would describe the summer as very close to normal. The thing I liked about it, David, there weren't a lot of high humidity days. We did have humidity readings just about every day, I think, but we didn't have the long stretches of really high humidity. No, that's a very good point. It's the it's the duration of these that wear you down. Even people who are fit and athletic will be labor under long, drawn out a whole week of, you know, uh, 40, 40 humidex values and temperatures that get up to, you know, into the mid-30s or a little higher. Um, we did have moments this year where I think the temperature did get up. The warmest moment was, like, say, 34 degrees. But it was like a one-day wonder. I mean, in all those days above 30, when I look at them, let me just give them to you uh, in terms of we saw two in May, three in June, four in July, and we've had two in August. I mean, that is just ideal. So other years, we said, well, we had seven or eight in a row. And by this time, you're tossing and turning, even if you've got air conditioning. It's just too hot, too, uh, too, too humid for, for too long. And uh, so it was almost as if when the weather got a little steamy, a little oppressive, well, then you got some cool air that came in. And, uh, and we certainly didn't see the extremes that we saw in other parts of Canada or, or in the world. I think we... Uh, we got off pretty lightly this year. All right, so the million-dollar question, and here's where your reputation comes into play. How much longer are we going to be able to enjoy this summer-like weather? I don't think we should write the final chapter on summery-like weather. I think we might see, we didn't last September, but we might see a day or two where the temperature does get above that 30, and so it counts in that that column. But my sense is they tend to be shorter days. And we already know, Dan. I mean, you get up in the morning now, and we're, we've lost maybe almost three minutes a day from daylight from one day to the next. You can actually, you don't need to be a, a, a weather person, an astronomer to know that. You can you can see that as you commute every day. And the angle of the sun is a little lower in the sky, so the sun is not as intense. It's a little darker earlier, all those kinds of things. It tells you that, you know, um, that we can look at the calendar and we know that, hey, the, the, the kind of um, hot, heavy, humid kind of weather is, is usually less occurring in uh, September and currently uh, certainly October, but our models are suggesting that we can to think that it'll be drier than normal. And because the summer was so ideal, I think when we then, when we get eventually to the color change season, late September, early October, it might be glorious. I mean, what we need is a lot of good weather, a good 
feather for viewing it, but certainly the trees have not been stressed this particular summer, and so they're going to come through with, I think, some, some pretty pretty nice colors. So we have in the Barry Lake Simcoe area, we're, we're a, a place of four seasons, so we have uh, coming to the wind-up of summer, and we now can look forward to the fall. Don't go from summer to winter. We don't go from, from you know, sweat to slush. Don't think because the calendar is changing into September that the weather will change very much. Thank you so much for this. The full forecast for fall yet to come. We'll talk to you about that in a couple of weeks. Okay, yes, Dan. David Phillips is Chief Climatologist with Environment Canada. And we are done for another week. Thanks to Ian McLennan, MJ, and Rob Daniels for their contributions. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to What Barry's Talking About. Maybe rate it, review it. You can also keep up with What Barry's Talking About on Facebook and Twitter at Barry360 and on our website, barry360.com. I'm Dan Blakely. We're back again next week. Hope you'll join us again.